Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Alrighty, y'all. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully, you can hear me well. As you can see, I am not in my normal safe studio place, if you want to call it that. I am on the road. I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at the game, <laughs> and the reason for the laugh is because, my God, what an unmitigated disaster that was as far as as a fan and whatnot. Um, it just wasn't. It wasn't it. Um, if there's a nice way of saying that, it it just Coach Simmons calls that his worst coach game in his time as the coach here at Florida University, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I definitely found myself asking questions. Uh, number one was why did we run the ball more, but. I mean, I was cool with that. We were averaging, Terrell Jennings averaging four yards a carry for a lot of the game. And supposedly we were told that they're going to be checking on film or not. And hopefully we'll be able to see that a little bit. But quick recap for the week. Uh, man, you're a fan, you fan. It was tough. We, <laughs> uh, volleyball, we didn't win a game during the volleyball tournament. Did not win a single match. Haven't won a game this season. And then Orange Blossom Classic. Weather was hot. And that was what while we were told that the band left. Uh, they were supposedly not allowed to go back into the stands. They were sitting in the sun the entire time. And for anyone who watched last year, you may ask the question, well, Jackson State sat in the sun all the, time, the whole time last year. They did, but it also rained. And it wasn't that hot. Uh, I believe the game temperature at the beginning of the game was over 90 degrees. It was 93 degrees. And in Florida, he and they're sitting in direct sun the entire time. They were overwhelmed. And supposedly there were some medical issues that were had by some of our students because of such. But otherwise, it was beautiful as far as visually. Visually, it was beautiful. The weather looked nice. But the biggest problem for me in particular, and y'all forgive me, again, this ain't my normal setup, so I kind of got to make it work. But I want to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. But it was hot. And just walking to the stadium, it was something else. It was, uh, I mean, it was hot. It wasn't comfortable. But the teams looked really well coming out. And from the go. Jackson State was on it. They were very aggressive. And the passing game that they utilized, I mean, you, you can't say too much about Shador. I I know personally. I I stated pre-snap that kid's a killer. Like that dude know he knows ball. And he he knows 
he knows how to move defenses and whatnot, how to move his players to take advantage of defenses. And we saw that one of the biggest things that I took away from the game in particular is we played a lot of off cover off coverage against them to the point that at times it was a bit frustrating. Seemed like, hey, let's challenge those receivers to beat us deep because they were beating us in the zone anyway. And I mean, I, I know for me, the, the player that stuck out the most was definitely Cyrus Fagan. He again last week, a bunch of tackles stood out. This week, good amount of tackles stood out. We saw Isaiah Land. He did have a sack, had a quarterback hurry late in the second uh, second quarter. And it made a difference. It was part of the reason that Jackson State went three and out on that particular series. But for the, for the most part, we didn't hear from him a lot. But it kind of was what it was. Uh, but the game was not competitive at all. <laughs> we get a late field goal before halftime. And that's our only time we score the entire time. It just – it wasn't it wasn't it. The halftime show, if you watched it, it was it was halftime. It wasn't spectacular in any way, shape, or form. But you can understand, especially again, the band players are sitting directly in the heat. They're wearing the full band gear the entire time. It wore on them. And it just was it just wasn't a great day for FAMU athletics in general. Uh just Best thing that was there was Isaiah uh, Zaylan had some had some good plays. Fagan had some good plays, and Marquis Bell was at the game. I remember when I was coming in, I was like, "Yo, there's Marquis Bell," and uh, ch- chatted with him a bit, but not a lot. Didn't didn't overly talk to him too much because I really didn't want to ruin his time there. Like he was coming there to enjoy himself, and out of respect for him, I was like, uh, "I'm not I'm not gonna try to be a fan. I'm gonna be professional." Because someone was like, "Hey, Isaiah Land's there." Like, man, you should get a picture. Like, nah. That's not that's not what we're here for. Um, he he's here to enjoy it. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a poor showing uh, from the offense. We were told that post game we're looking for more intense coaching because there was no rhythm. First down, a lot of times we were throwing the ball. When we did run off for a while, we were able to get some pretty positive yards. But overall, it it was it wasn't a good look. And we couldn't beat man coverage, which was something I stated was a question and a concern. Coming into the game, UNC played a lot off coverage. When we played the University of North Carolina, Musa ate it up. Now Jackson State played press coverage, which we all know that's something Dion is going to do. He's going to pressure his corners to play that kind of coverage. And they didn't. And it was a problem. We couldn't get off of it. As Coach mentioned, we really couldn't get open. Sometimes I felt like the routes – and the route combinations took too long. I don't think we completed a pass to a tight end until the second half of the game. I definitely felt like we underutilized the tight end position. But again, that's my opinion. That's not a uh it's not a critique that is damning. Uh, but it but it is what I noticed. Uh in post game, it was said that some adjustments will be made. 24 rules in, is in place. So we get 24 hours to kind of solve over this game. And then come back. But you could definitely see X-Man and Fagan were both kind of like, nah. We, we got that quintessential quote from Tim Tebow, like, hell, this is the worst game that you're going to see from us. And we're not going to play like this again. So, yeah, man. It was just, uh, man, hate to, hate to have it on a down note. But we're going to take a quick break. 
and then we're gonna come back talk about the defense, special teams, in a on a day that's just it's hot, hot garbage. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does. We're back, y'all. And as you can see, we're kind of on location, kind of not. I didn't want to shoot the show from the stadium just because those people have to go home to it. They have jobs. So try I try to be respectful to people. Like, uh, I know I saw Shadura at the game, uh, post game. I was like, yo, can I get a picture? He kind of was like, nah. I was like, okay, cool. I won't take a picture of you. Like, but I try not to, try not to invade people's space, you know. But in that being stated, we are here down in South Florida at the hotel that I'm staying at. I've seen a couple of the things up, watchers here, even at the hotel. So thank y'all. They, they definitely stop you. Hey, I watch you on Twitter. I appreciate it. Um, tell a friend. But the defense, very vanilla. Um, not a lot of blitz, blitz combinations or anything like that. We definitely just kind of played a zone defense for a lot of the game and Shadur ate it up kid just he wreaked havoc on us and it, it was just one of the things coach Simmons mentioned was a need for better eye discipline which I, I can't disagree with him very much on that but I also felt like we overused the zone defense like the zone defense wasn't working by the second drive Jackson State gets that second touchdown and it's like why are we still running zone and it, it was very obvious I mean it was obvious to the point to where Sure, is just checking out of it. And then once he breaks coverage, he scrambles. And it was just a multitude of things that added up to really lead to our demise as a team. I, I felt like we overutilized that vanilla zone defense opposed to trying to be a little more aggressive, maybe run a little more man-to-man, press them the way they're pressing us because make the receivers prove that they can get off the ball. We supposedly have a very deep secondary I mean, you tell me. It's, it will be a good showing. But we were told some adjustments will be made. They need to be made because that was not – that wasn't it. it. It just – it was a poor showing. We, again, outside of a few sacks, mostly by Isaiah Land, we're not there. We did miss quite a bit of tackles. I felt like we tackled better in the UNC game than we did in this game. That's just my two cents. It just was not it. It just, I'm trying to find a better way of saying it, but it was, it was a disappointing showing. Special teams, that was atrocious. (laughs) That was, I mean, and those are coaches' words. I put terrible. And I remember, um, and shout out to the guys from OG Strike Zone. I got to meet the whole cast today. I had met, um, <coughs> sorry, um, that game was so bad, you got to laugh at it. I met, Kel- uh, not Kelvin, I met Brian before, actually. Uh, so, Brian, I met at the Orange and Green game. 
But I got to meet Kelvin. I got to meet Kofi, the whole crew at ONG Strike Zone. It was awesome. They were really cool dudes. And especially Kelvin, I, we were talking, like, during the game, like, yo, like, what's – like, I remember saying in the first quarter, yo, we need to watch this punt block team because they almost blocked that first punt. And lo and behold, later on, they block a punt, score a touchdown. It just – I mean, it was by the third quarter, the game snowballs. And if you were still watching, you're a dedicated fan because we just in we lost all three phases of the game. That's what Coach Simmons' words. We lost all three phases. And so it's definitely a game where, honestly, I don't know what you watch because I feel like you're going to come away from that game having a lot – to just deconstruct and you're going to want to just throw away everything, the baby, the bathwater, the whole thing. I did think again, Cyrus Fagan, he was solid. He was pretty good. Telvin Griffey though, you hear his name a lot. Like I was pleasantly surprised. That was a guy that I kind of looked for in the last game. Didn't see him. And last year, you kind of know what happened. He was all over the field and Pretty good in coverage, looked pretty solid. Kid's a freak athlete. Like, I mean, we've all seen him do his crazy backflips and everything like that. Just saying, uh, he, he had a pretty decent showing. As far as being able, being involved in the tackling and things like that, um, coverage, I probably have to watch the game again. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'll never watch this game again if, unless I have to. Uh, it is very – it's a game I'm very grateful and excited and pleased to forget. Um, yeah. Interceptions, they were there. They were there. Uh, a couple of interceptions, fumble on a terrible play call. I felt like McKay was put in a bad position. He fumbles, but I didn't think that was really his fault. That was, I didn't like the play call. That's just me criticizing and being able to kind of look back and think about it and not be so locked in the fandom that I just couldn't say anything. Like, that was – I didn't love the play call on that. Felt like he was kind of set up uh, – set up to take an L on that. But it kind of is what it is, man. Um, yeah, that was just – man, Musa throws a pick. McKay throws the pick, fumbles. It was just punt blocks. It was just a tough game, y'all. Like, really tough to watch. And uh, hopefully it doesn't do any damage in recruiting going forward because we had some juice. Like, I mean, we had some real juice going in. So take a short break. Then we'll come back. We're going to try to finish out, look at some of the other things I kind of pulled from the game. Uh, this is fantastic. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! We're back. 
post-game show and really just regular show. Uh, I know I normally do Sundays. So recruiting-wise, man, we definitely saw the impact of the transfer portal. Jackson State looked faster than we did. They looked like a better team. Just they had more talent than we did. And you wonder how much of this has to do with whatever happened. But this is one of our chief rivals in recruiting. And we have to be able to at least look competitive in this game. Because right now, I don't know if you tell a recruit when it comes to this. <laughs> Not that we're going to beat them next year, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that was conference play first conference game in division game. So, I mean, you're really right back where you were last year as far as needing this team to lose a game. And, you know, we'll talk about that later. I'm not going to say what somebody else said because I don't want to steal their line. And they got a good point. But, yeah, we needed this one. Uh, Positive takeaways, they're going to reevaluate what did not work. But – for me, big, big, the biggest positive t- takeaway was just the opportunity to play in the NFL stadium, I guess. Again, Fagan and I pointed this out during the interviews, uh, post games with the converse, conversation with the coaches. You know, it's like I tried to find something positive, and all I had was Cyrus Fagan. Uh, I, I didn't get to talk about Telvin. And even coaches like, man, you get your butt kicked like this, it's not a lot positive to say. So, but yeah, for Jackson State, their thing was to dominate, and they did. And Shador, uh, look what fame you gave him. And OBC is gone and come. And the one thing we were promised did not come to fruition an athletic director. And that is that's on Larry <laughs> as the uh, we, we give you when it's good. I gotta give it to you when it's bad, and uh, yeah, man, that that's just that ain't it, man. By now, we're supposed to have athletic directors. Supposedly, somebody, one of the top candidates, is taking the name out of the hat, and OBC goes and passes. No AD. If you listen to the interview that that Dr. Robinson, I don't want to get in the habit of calling him Larry. I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. But uh, Dr. Robinson did where he was talking to the board of trustees members. If you heard what I heard, I heard the word October. Like we might not have an athletic director till October. That's asinine. That that is that's ridiculous. We've had schools in our conference hire and fire athletic directors in the time that we've taken to do this process. That's reprehensible. It's reciprocating the continuation of bad habits that lead to the demise of this athletic program. I go back and listen to it. I could be wrong. I did. I did verify with somebody else to make sure I wasn't crazy, but I heard October. Like, wait, what the Thomas really are you doing? Like, why is it taking us this long to get an athletic director? Because I can guarantee you, no other school in the state is doing this or has done it like this. Like, there's no plan, no. It's just, there is a plan. I shouldn't say that. That that was frustrating, frustration coming out with the process. But 
stuff like this is going to happen. Like the blowout isn't on the shoulders of an athletic director, but the foolishness as far as players not being properly taken care of this, that, and the third. Yeah. That falls on that lack of leadership and overworking the play, the people that you do have. I mean, one of the things that I took away from Dion's press conference and I asked the question, uh, you know, and he kind of, he got, he got me before I really got my full question out, but I mentioned like, yo, y'all's program is doing something that no other HBCU is doing. They have analysts, they have other, they're doing things very similar to what schools like Alabama do. And I, I, I mentioned to him, you're creating an archetype for what other HBCU should and could be. And Dion's like, why, why, why not? What, what other schools doing? Why, why shouldn't we do this? And I was like, I was just smiling, looking at him like, thank you. Somebody else gets it. And we, we, we sit up here and do this. And he's sitting over there like, y'all look stupid clapping, patting me on my back. We should do this. That's expected. It's the expectation. And I was like, yep. You expect to be great? You kicked our ass. I had like, excuse the language, but it kind of is what it is, man. And as long as there's dysfunction and there is not a concerted focus on the goal at hand, you're going to continuously shoot at so many things inaccurately to where you, you render yourself useless. And at this point, we're creating an athletic program that's useless because you're not going to be able to properly serve the students, the student athletes is what I want to say. Sorry, there are people coming into the hotel. Look, I'm, I'm at a hotel, you're on live on site. But at the same point, we have to, as a university, create systems in place that are going to continue on when we do have voids like we do now and that have the expectation of if someone gets fired in a timely manner, they're replaced because there's going to come a day in time where Dr. Robinson is going to have to be replaced. We can't sit up here for six, seven months and wait to hire someone. I believe Courtney Gauthier was gone in about May. I could be off a month or so, April, May. We're in September. Like the year's almost over and we still don't have an athletic director. And it literally took for us to get embarrassed for some changes to happen. And for, again, go back and listen to the interview, WCTV, uh, actually, I believe Allison Posey's crew, they actually did, they actually gave the link to the video. They pretty much gave Dr. Robinson a notice. We're tired of this stuff, this ace hood mentality, same old stuff, just a different day. We're tired of that because you're having people from the band say, this isn't cool. You're having people that are at athletics say the same thing. And it's the same struggles. And what's not happening is something that Vaughn Wilson mentioned in his writing. And I got to you know see Vaughn today. I call him Mr. Wilson because I've known him for quite a while. Um, and I, so I still say Mr. Wilson sometimes. But I was like, man, I appreciated your article. Because some of the things that we have in place that don't work have not worked in forever. 
there's no reason Florida State's across the street and you just don't go over there and say, hey, how are y'all doing financially? Because I'm not going to lie to you and say that they don't ever have students waiting in line for financial aid. That's a lie. It's happened before. I've seen it. I worked at financial aid at Florida State when I was in college. I mean, after college. That was my first real job. But they fixed it. It's not an every year, every day thing. Financial aid, dis- financial aid disperses on the third day of classes after the drop in that period is ended. If you want to fix financial aid at, fam- at FAMU, same system in place. Make sure that's the system in place and make sure it's known that those students who do not get their FAFSAs in on time or X, Y, and Z in the third, your, your money's going to come late. Like, that is, that's the way. And I do understand that we have some different circumstances just because of the economic situations of our students and the larger percentage of students that are on financial aid. But to have perpetually the same problems for, I'd be nice to say 30, but it's like we're having 60, 70 year problems. Like it's, it's our grandparents for some of us that went to family that are like, oh yeah, financial aid was a problem back then. My mom's 70. My mom's almost 70 years old. Yeah, financial aid was a problem when she was at FAMU. 37. I didn't have to deal with financial aid when I went to college. I ain't gonna lie to you. When I went to FAMU, I, I didn't get financial aid. Paid out of pocket. I went in that line one time. No. So I didn't have to fight the struggle, but I did wait in that line one time and found I was in the wrong place. But why is it that my mom's generation fought financial aid and now this generation fights the same fight. Like certain problems should not persist. They should not be, it shouldn't be a university curse. So again, bring this back to athletics and getting off that soapbox. We have to solidify what we're going to do within the next two weeks. We were promised an athletic director today. I was excited to hopefully be able to come on and be like, yo, we got an athletic director. All this is going on around us. The fire is going on. There's a whole bunch of feces going on. But we finally have some direction, and we don't. And tomorrow's a holiday, so I don't expect y'all to work. Get some time with your family, because I'm definitely going to get some with mine. I like. But today's football game kind of a microcosm of what's been going on at FAMU along with the volleyball getting swept for the weekend football gets blown out and it wasn't close and all that talk of what happened against UNC it's all for not because I'll be honest I said it then in a space I don't think UNC is that good but was it uh, I almost said boom Appalachian State's in Boone, North Carolina. Appalachian State's a good team. But UNC should have lost that game. And really, if FAMU's at it, it's full. That's a more competitive game. And that's not a good thing. So after this showing against Jackson State, we got exposed. Teams know what to do. I'm not going to steal somebody else's talking line, but the film says what we are right now. And that film looks a lot like the film from last year. One particular game, I'm not going to look at I take, but 
kind of is what it is. Uh, but so I didn't even check the final score. I just third quarter, y'all. I stayed, but I was not checking for nothing. Just where the front door was, where the press conferences were, ask Prime a question, ask Coach Simmons a question, get out of there. Like, get on the field, try to get a little bit of content, check in on my my former student, Devin Hayes. Proud of you, man. Congratulations, general and a scholar. But otherwise, let's forget this game happened. Move on to the rest of the season. Learn from it. We got Appalachian, Appalachian, Albany State. Albany State's no slouches. Albany State had one loss last season. I told y'all this game was going to be closer than experts think. And I think it's going to continue to be that. So, uh, yeah, not the game that you really, not the team that you want to be playing after you just got your butt handed to you. And yeah, I said, but I didn't curse mama. My mom does watch the, watch the show. Um, but that's going to be a tougher game. That's going to be a game that's going to be tougher than the experts think. And if we get more of the stuff we got from this game, yeah. I, I Yeah. So not completely surprised with the loss. I am surprised with how badly we got beat. Uh, so I, I will say that I'm, I'm not surprised to say we lost this game. I am surprised that we got Molly Watt. That was a vague disappointment and or not vague. Vague is the wrong word. It was a disappointment and it was just an overall, to me, misappropriation of resources in a lot of ways as far as student athlete and talent wise. But it was also just a bad showing on the field. And your film says you are what you are, but I also feel like our guys missed some opportunities. We dropped a lot of passes uh, just to kind of like go back over some of my show notes from my notes that I did at the game while watching the game uh, in a quick, quick recap. So again, family loses. We lost soccer. I mean, not soccer. We don't have soccer. We lost volleyball. We also lost the football game very badly, but, uh, lower bowl fills up kind of kind of slowly, but you know how it goes. After halftime, everybody pretty much leaves. Terrell Jennings was doing great. He was averaging four yards a carry up until halftime. Shadur, Shadur showed mobility. That was a killer in the game. Shadur looked very confident in the pocket. I can definitely see where people are saying, projecting him as an NFL quarterback. I didn't see it quite as much, but again, I saw I was looking more so. I saw his arm talent. He wasn't quite as willing as a runner. This year he was running over some people. Like, I ain't gonna lie. He ran, he tried to throw some shoulders. They and at a few of our guys, and finally they convinced him to slide. And you may want him just to run over people because he might give himself a concussion the way he slides. Like, you may need to go to baseball practice. Uh did not generate pressure. Family did not generate pressure. The middle it was open. I put down to consider spying Shadur. But to also get out of that flipping zone defense, we dropped a lot of passes, too. That was one of the things. Musa was kind of high in his passes, just looking back. And just the overuses of zone defense. I'm so tired of zone defense. Just in that game in particular, I felt like we could have put a safety over the top or something. But that much zone was detrimental. And the fact that we could not generate pressure with our front four, you could see we, we missed the talents of people like Savion Williams. The run defense was good, though. Like, a good takeaway. The run defense was good till we got tired. Once we got tired, the run defense is what it is. But 
we were routinely stuffing the run for Jackson State. Too many throws, too many throws, too many throws. Um, and that led to short drives. The defense stayed on the field. Once we get to halftime, we do get that field goal kind of late. We get our longest, one of our longest passes on the whole game. Uh, and Musa's mobility, I put that as a note, was underutilized. We ran a quarterback a read option with him a few times, and he was able to get some yards. And even on the drive where we get the long, get the field goal, our long, long score of the game, Musa was mobile. Some of the times it was just by pure happenstance, like, oh, crap, Musa's got to move the ball. He's got to get out of here. Other times it was seemed to be planned. It may not have been. We did throw a lot of short passes coming out of the third quarter. Again, more of that damn zone defense. I'm so sick of that jump. Uh, again, more drop passes. And then Jackson State's band, they got petty, and they cut the petty off because they were saying, where's the 100? Where's the 100? And the best part of the game, y'all, was a cheerleader dance-off. If you missed that, you missed the treat. The Jackson State cheerleaders and the family cheerleaders had a dance-off, and that was the most fun part of the game. Otherwise, uh, the band leaves in the third quarter, largely due to heat-related issues, and yeah. After that, once the band leaves the hundred, leaves the game, once the hundred leaves the stadium, you can turn the TV off. It's not worth watching anymore. Uh, so again, family loses in huge fashion. I stopped recording the score because at this point, it's a molly whopping, and I don't want to watch somebody get beat that bad, especially my own school. Hopefully, uh, we get a little get back next year. That game is supposedly in Bragg, so we'll see. Hopefully, we get some get back. You're gonna have a Richard Jr. of a Shador and two new quarterbacks for FAMU. Yay. Uh, I'm hearing that we, we may have some news uh, on some of that front as far as pressing forward. Hopefully we'll get some of that as well as some more offensive linemen and other things. But big things, again, FAMU loses on the volleyball court 0-3. FAMU gets trouched, demolished, depanced, emasculated. Whatever other form of saying we got our tails kicked is what happened against Jackson State. To the victors go the spoils. You boys earned that. Y'all get to talk trash for the next year. And honestly, if they say something to you, I can say we lost by one point. Nah, we lost by about 50. Um, so that also happened. The 100 the heat issues abound. And kind of the question of the day is, did, were they getting water bottles? Like, why weren't what was going on with that? Like, can we move them out of the sun or something? I don't know. We'll see for next week. And next week's game, we'll talk about it on Thursday. All Benny State, the boys up there, and that's a good football team. Could be a scary game. And considering a team that potentially Where's the psyche of this team considering everything that they've already gone through in this short amount of time? Could be a game to watch. Could be a game of interest. And hopefully it's a game where family put some foot in somebody's butt and gets a nice one. But at this point, I don't know, a little disheartened, uh, but not deterred. I'm always going to love my Rattlers, love my university. And it's always going to be fangs up, y'all. Thank you to HBCU Digital Network as well as FQ FAMU, and always the things on Twitter page, man. Come on. Y'all know we do a little something, something, but definitely the biggest shout-out goes to HBCU Digital Network. Thank you all for showing up late because I had to keep moving time back as 
my time for leaving the stadium kind of kept getting moved back. So, as always, fangs up. See y'all on Thursday, 8 o'clock. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now, let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Dorothy, have it!